0: Studios, proud to be celebrating over 50 years as your hometown pharmacy. WHK, Cleveland. The following program's views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM 1420 The Answer or Salem Media Group.
1: It's a fact. If the riches of the wealthy were given to the average American, the rich would have their wealth back in no time at all. Not because they're more deserved but because they do a really great job of getting us to spend it back to them. And once it's in their hands, they work it to their self-interest. The host of Get Rich Slow, Jim McAleese, believes the financial decisions you make today will guide your financial destiny tomorrow. Jim teaches you to plan for the worst and then hope for the best. America is under no obligation to provide what you need entitlements are out. Opportunity is today's watchword. Money matters can be intimidating, but they don't have to be. So let's supercharge your wealth building plan now with Jim McAleese.
2: Good morning and welcome to Get Rich Slow. This is your Money School for Financial Winners. Here we explore strategies to help you prosper. We look at the big picture and then develop plans, plans to help guide our families to meet their financial goals. Get Rich Slow gives you solid financial strategies, strategies that will help improve your financial life. If you want the truth, not the hype, Please join us for the next hour for Get Rich Slow. I'm Jim McAleese, Certified Financial Planner and President of Cornerstone Consultants Incorporated, where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group Incorporated, which is a member of FINRA and CIFIC. Cornerstone Consultants is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. Well, this weekend will start off cold and cloudy, but maybe later the sun will shine and then we can find the time for some long walk, chilly, chilly walk. <laughs> but we will be outside anyhow, uh, hopefully it is done. sun. And if the cold is keeping you indoors, well, this might be a good time to catch up on the to-do list, uh, maybe get started on organizing the taxes, especially if we expect to get a refund. The IRS will begin accepting 2022 individual income tax returns on January 23rd. So, and if you're lucky, you may even have Martin Luther King Day off. On Monday, the banks, the government offices, the post office, schools, and the stock and bond markets will be closed. So, uh, if you're lucky enough to Get a day off. Uh, thank you. Just relax and enjoy it. In between relaxing and odd jobs, we can review what's happening in the economy and see how that's affecting our investment. This new year has started off with a mild stock market rally. Investors are getting good news about inflation as well as the, uh, the job markets. Thus far, inve- investors are witnessing Inflation moving moving downward. The latest Department of Labor report that was released yesterday, that shows that the consumer price index for December fell uh, one-tenth of one percent for the month with uh, cheaper energy costs fueling the first decline in two and a half years. That compared to a gain of one-tenth of one percent in November, and four-tenths of 1% in October. And food prices, although they increased, they increased at a slower pace last month. In addition, uh, core uh, CPI, Consumer Price Index, and that's a case where we neglect food and energy, uh, that rose three-tenths of a percent last month, and that was up from two-tenths of a percent rise in November, but down from a six tenths of a percent increase in both August and September. So, uh, and this week before, uh, the week before last, the Department of Labor job situation report showed that employers added uh, 223,000 jobs in December, and with an hour, average hourly earnings up 4.6% in December from the previous year. Well, that was the smallest increase since mid-2021, and it was down from a March rise of 5.6%. So the important point there is that the Federal Reserve doesn't see how they're going to get inflation down to uh, 2 or 3%, with uh, raises in the order of uh, 5%. Over the last 12 months, so <clears> the <throat> very fact that it's moving down <clears throat> is helpful for from the uh, Federal Reserve's viewpoint. Investors are thankful that the economy is still moderately strong and inflation is easing downward. No one wants to, <laughs> no one wants to get the Federal Reserve excited. You know, it's like we're all mice in this uh, elephant's cage here. And nobody wants to wake up the elephant. God knows what it's going to do next. The Federal Reserve's interest rate increases in 2022, basically to conquer inflation, have led to falling stock prices because of the fear that increased rates could uh, cause a recession. Although there's been no recession so far, uh, there's been a lot of uh, ups and downs in the economy that, People think, well, that's got to be a recession, but there's a lot of uh, boxes that have to be checked for recession, and all the boxes haven't been checked yet. It's just not a matter of time. One of the big things that indicates there's no recession is that strong jobs market. The other thing the Federal Reserve's been doing is it has caused uh, falling bond prices because when the interest rates rise, then the bond prices go down. And also, they've caused a lot of volatility. Now, hopefully, the Federal Reserve is getting closer to their goal of two percent inflation, and the Federal Reserve rates are, are now down to uh, somewhere between four and a quarter and four and a half percent. With the Federal Reserve planning to increase interest rates at the next two Federal Open Market Committee meetings, one is at the end of this month, the first. Day of February. So, uh, and then also the next one is towards the end of March. <clears throat> I don't know the exact date, but it's in the 20, 25th of March, somewhere around there. You know, they intend to, to increase it by a total of three quarters of 1% from the four and a half percent that they have right now. So maybe they might add a half a percent in February 1st. Or and one quarter of a percent in March, or they might reverse it. Who knows? Depending upon what the data shows, the faster in inflation gets down to the Federal Reserve's two percent goal, then the faster economic pressures will force the Federal Reserve to ease off the interest rate breaks. Uh, their tune is their story, their plan is that they're going to keep the rates high for a longer period of time. But uh, when you get it down to 2 or 3%, I think there's going to be uh, a lot of pressure on the Federal Reserve to ease up. And once they begin to ease up, uh, that'll be good for both the stocks and the bonds. Investors are interested in learning more about the fourth quarter earnings and the forward guidance for 2023 and the earnings, report, earnings season that started uh, last week, and companies began reporting their fourth quarter earnings, and they'll continue to report earnings for the next three weeks. And so far, most companies have been able to protect their earnings, even as labor costs and, and costs like shipping of raw materials, they continue to increase, and they've been able to protect their, their earnings by increasing their prices, and that's worked so far. You know, when inflation started in early 2021, uh, the supply chains failed and products disappeared in the supermarket and uh, company inventories were going down. Everyone was caught flat-footed, both both consumers as well as companies. So if you ordered products, you might get half of your order with the other half on back order uh, together with a big price increase. So if you recall, uh, in 2021, uh, inflation was 3% in March, in debt, it was 5% in, uh, around Labor Day of 2021, and then it got up to 7% in at Christmas of 2021. So everyone was raising prices and some raises were unnecessary, but, uh, Some were basically whatever the market will bear. Uh, Companies saw other companies uh, raising prices, so let's try it, see what we can get away with. Now, after a year of inflation, companies and consumers have built up their inventories and diversified their suppliers, and uh, they won't be caught flat-footed anymore. Both the consumer, they got their inventories uh, and as well as the as well as the companies now, as the economy slows and orders for manufactured goods are decreasing and orders for services are decreasing, and the supply chain is working better because there isn't so much pressure on it anymore, it's becoming more difficult to raise prices to protect the earnings. So so yeah, we'll see how the profit margins and earnings have done and basically what to expect in 2023. This week, global equities were mostly up for the week. In the U.S., the three major stock indices were definitely up for the week, while in the U.K., the FTSE 100 was up, and in the European Union, both Germany's DAX and the stock Europe 600 were both up for the week. In Asia... Japan's Nikkei 225 was up for the week, while in China, both the Shanghai Composite and Hong Kong's Hang Seng were both up for the week. On Friday, the three major U.S. stock indices closed for the week at the Dow Jones Industrial Average, closed at 34,302.61. So it was up 2% for the week and it was basically up 3.49% from January 1st. And the standard at 4.500, that closed at 3,999.09, and it was up 2.67% for the week and up 4.16% from January 1st. Now, NASDAQ Composite, Closed at 11,079.16, and that was up 4.82% for the week and up 5.85% uh, year to date. So basically, you know, regarding this consumer price index uh, <clears throat> data, inflation really took off in 2021 as the economy rebounded from the COVID 19 pandemic. And it was powered by uh, pent-up consumer spending. It got a boost from low interest rates as well as something like $6 trillion worth of government stimulus. That started up uh, supply chains and fueled higher prices for many goods. Russia's invasion of the Ukraine in early 2022 also tightened supplies of energy and other commodities further pushing up uh, worldwide inflation. Now, the Federal Reserve has increased uh, interest rates aggressively in 2022 to combat inflation by slowing the economy, and officials indicated in December that they expect to raise rates further in 2023. And many economists think uh, uh, climbing rates, heightened the risk of a U.S. recession. And we'll talk about a U.S. recession a little bit later. Uh, The new inflation figures follow several signs that the U.S. uh, economic activity cooled in late 2022. We're seeing U.S. imports and exports uh, fell in November from October, retail sales, manufacturing output, home sales, All-declined job and wage growth slowed in December. Uh, The clearest impact of the Fed's tightening so far has been the housing market, where you see existing home sales, uh, fell in November for the 10th straight month as high mortgage rates boosted uh, buyers' costs. And and basically, we'll talk about the details of uh, consumer price index later in the show. We get into what's moving and what's not. And while all investors are concerned and afraid of a recession, which could really impact corporate earnings and lower stock prices even more, there's evidence that a recession uh, will not be too bad. Now, according to a Wall Street Journal article, uh, a survey of more than 1,100 executives uh, was conducted by the Conference Board. Now, the Conference Board is the organization that uh, puts out the leading uh, economic indicators data, and it, it is a non-for-profit business research organization. And what they found in their survey was that a significant major- significant majorities of corporate leaders outside China and Japan expect growth to return by late 2023 or the first half of 2024. The new survey found that top executives in much of the world are preparing for an economic downturn that is shorter and milder than usual. So they are focusing on weathering the slowdown without widespread job cuts, you know, It continues on. Just about every region, with the exception of China, believes there's going to be some kind of an economic downturn, said uh, Dana Peterson, the conference board's chief economist. Quote, 98% of CEOs in the United States think there's going to be a recession, but it's going to be short and shallow. As a result, the executive said their response to a downturn would likely diverge from past playbooks, you know, when hiring freezes and layoffs tended to be among uh, companies' first responses. And that's according to a survey, which included uh, 670 CEOs. Remember, they they uh, polled 1,100 executives, and of that 1,100, uh, 670 of them were the uh, CEOs of the company. So U.S. CEOs said that they're more likely to focus on innovation, emphasize higher growth business lines, protect margins with pricing strategy, and invest in marketing and and cut administrative and discretionary spending. Whereas your European CEOs said that they favor uh, delaying capital investment. Over job, over job cuts. So uh, there's there's the opinion of a a, a significant group of executives about uh, um, when, if and when the inflation, if and when the recession hits, exactly what it's going to be like. And uh, uh, we'll also see data from the latest Institute of Supply Management regarding the service sectors of the economy. And uh, basically, what we're going to see there is that some sectors uh, are starting to contract, you know, starting to pull back after expanding, and they've been, they've been expanding for the last two and a half years. And uh, we'll go over the data later in the show, along with information uh, from the uh, uh, the University of uh, Michigan. They have their consumer sentiment uh, surveys that they put out, and uh, that did show some improvement. So people are feeling—I think people are feeling better about the inflation and what's happening in the inflation area. It's still costing everybody an arm and a leg, but uh, at least it's going in the right direction now. Now, <clears throat> one of the things we we look at in this show is basically what's happening in the call it the macroeconomic area basically your earnings are based upon what's happening in the economy as well as how that particular company is functioning in that particular environment and then there's the uh, uh, stock prices which are only kind of marginally uh, connected to the uh, earnings picture if you, you look at the in the big picture what you see is the earnings, uh, typically uh, uh, are increasing unless you get into like this last period where we've gone through this inflation bout with increased uh, interest rates. Uh, the earnings during this particular period have not gone down anywhere near like the uh, stock prices. The, st- the major reason for the stock price decrease has been the uh, fear of a recession. So. Uh, the price to earn most of the, if you take a look at a stock today versus what it, be, what it was uh, going for uh, over a year ago, the big difference is that people are afraid and they're not willing to pay uh, uh, 30 times earnings uh, like they would a year or two ago. They're even, they're willing to pay uh, 15 or, or 20 per, or times earnings. So it's really the major reduction in the stock prices has been in the price to earnings ratios rather than the actual earnings themselves. So uh, the, the, that comes from the big picture, but the most important picture is our, what's happening in our fin- financial plans. In other words, how are you doing in terms of meeting your financial goals. It all starts with the goals and the savings. Those are the two critical elements to the whole thing. And the first thing you have to do is identify those goals, and those goals uh, those goals are highly dependent upon where you're at in life age-wise, and uh, also they, they vary as time goes on. So it's just when you're If you're young, you're interested in getting through school, uh, starting a career, maybe settling down and starting a family. Then you're into raising a family and buying a house. and Then maybe you're interested in in starting a business or uh, uh, buying a vacation home. But sooner or later, we all come to one of the biggest uh, financial goals most expensive financial goals, and that is retirement. Uh, in other words, have we got enough uh, money in our nest egg to to uh, uh, utilize that money for the next thirty years to have a secure and uh, uh, fun, uh, call it <laughs> a secure and prosperous retirement? And that boils down to you take a look at. Your 401k, your 403b, your your brokerage accounts, and your mutual fund accounts, and your hey, what you're going to get from Social Security, or if you have a pension, what you're going to get from that. Uh, all those things have to go into putting together a financial plan. And the idea here is that you have these goals. <clears throat> these goals, you know when you're going to have it. You have a rough idea when these goals are going to occur, and you have a dollar attached to them. So you know that uh, uh, a house costs so much, you need down payment for the house. uh, 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 If you're going to start a family, then the question is, if there's two paychecks, uh, how is is the family going to get started? Is it going to be daycare? Is somebody going to give up? one uh, of the jobs? Uh, what's going to happen there? And, uh, it's all a matter of saying, okay, what is happening? How are we going to accommodate it? Uh, you know, how much should we? How much should we be setting aside for retirement? How much should we be setting aside for? Um, you know, uh, the standard of living for the house. You've got money coming in the door. You've got to allocate to uh, keeping up the standard of living, which means making the house payment, making the utilities payment, uh, and all the other hundreds of items that go into vacation times, Christmas times, birthdays, and all the rest of it. And uh, at the same time, uh, you've got to allocate uh, savings to Uh, retirement plans, and uh, whatever else you have in terms of the goal. And then you have to sit on top of it, you know. Uh, The the idea would sit on top of it is that uh, you make an assessment as to how you're going to save the money and how the money's going to grow. And what you want to do is make sure you check in on it, Uh, not every day, but, you know, every every, uh, quarter, let's say, you have to sit down and you say, how are things going? Should I change anything here? Should I, um, uh, if the stock market, if my my 401K is going down and stuff like this, should I revise those things? Uh, should I start saving more to make up for that? So all these things have to, you have to take into account. And all of those things are dependent upon your own assessment of the, uh, how much risk you're willing to take for a certain amount of return? So, and uh, even that, the risk-return, risk-reward uh, equation changes as you get older. So, and in addition to that, you've got unforeseen events like uh, lawsuits. They could wipe you out. Your kids uh, <clears throat> do something crazy with a family car, or uh, if something happens to you, if something happens to the breadwinners, uh, what happens to this plan? Does it just disappear and go away? So all these things have to be taken into account in your financial plan. And and uh, it doesn't have to be a uh, something that you spend, you spend. You have to spend a reasonable amount of time at the beginning of it to get an appreciation for where you want to go and how you're going to do it, and how you're going to balance all these <clears throat> these uh, demands uh, against the paycheck and against your standard of living and all the rest of this stuff. You have to spend time at the start of it, and that's basically what we do. And then you also have to say, okay, after you've got it, you've laid out your roadmap, then you know where you're going, and uh, then you can make uh, judgments and make decisions make buying decisions uh, against that roadmap. You know, if you want to buy a boat, uh, all right, what do you want to give up? Do you want to give up uh, the college education for the kids? Or do you want to give up school? What Do you want to give up braces? What do you want to give up to buy that? You might just sit down and say, well, I'd be happy just looking at the at the." catalogs and not buying anything. So to me, it's a matter of saying it's a plan for your future. It'll change depending upon circumstances, but at least you have a roadmap that uh, uh, will get you from where you're at right now to where you want to go and meet your uh, meet your goals along the way. So this is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. You can give us a call. We have a toll-free number. It's 1-888-281-1110. That's 1-888-281-1110. stay tuned. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor.
1: Hi, I'm Colleen, producer of Get Rich Slow. Each week, we take calls from people just like you who have questions for our host, Jim McAleese. Oftentimes, however, Jim can't answer all your questions because of time restraints and the need for more detailed information. That's why we encourage you to call Cornerstones Consultants, Inc., the financial counseling service founded by Jim and Tama McAleese. Cornerstones Consultants, Inc. has helped thousands of clients get more for their money. Whether your financial goal is to avoid common investing mistakes, finding your next home, planning for retirement, finding the right mutual fund, or covering your assets with the right kind of insurance Cornerstone Consultants Inc will guide you to wise financial choices so call Cornerstone Consultants Inc for an appointment today that number again 440-647-2793 now back to more get rich slow with Jim Magalies
2: Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. You can give us a call. Our toll-free number is 1-888-281-1110. You know, when I was talking to you about the, <clears throat> your financial plan and all the rest of your stuff, you know, it, it, your financial plan is basically, hey, this is a portion of your life. You know, it, it, it's it's your goals. Mostly everything we're talking about is financial. but uh, I come across a little thing here about a recipe for a good life that includes things other than your your financial life, like a recipe for a good life is live within your means. Also, return everything you borrow. Stop blaming other people. Admit it when you're wrong. Give things you don't use or wear to charity. Do something nice and try not to <laughs> do something nice and try not to get caught. There's a good one. Listen more and talk less. Be on time. Get organized. Boy, these are tough stuff. Uh, be kind to unkind people take the time to be alone, cultivate good manners. Be humble, learn to accept that life isn't always fair and know when to keep oh you're good. Know when to keep your mouth shut. Uh, go an entire day without criticizing anyone and learn from the past and plan for the future. You have to live in the present and don't sweat the small stuff and remember it's all small stuff. So you know. <clears throat> That that plus your financial life is your whole life there, right there. So I like, uh, some of them would be extremely difficult for me, and everybody would have their own choices as to uh, what they would find difficult. <laughs> uh, let's get back to uh, talking about what's going on in the world. And uh, all of us have been watching prices go up and up and up, and the ones we notice first are the food and the gasoline, because we were always buying them. And the U.S. Department of Labor uh, keeps track of that rising prices with their consumer price index. And they report out on it every month. And basically, they report two things. Uh, well, they report four things, rather. So they report uh, how much of the inflation go up uh, this month. And they'll also report how much it has gone up over the last 12 months. And uh, that that's the one that people refer to. And uh, then they also talk about, well, if we take away food and fuel because we don't have any control over them, and they're international commodities. And <clears throat> then, then we have core uh, consumer price index numbers, and they tell us, Uh, how much that went up last month and also uh, how much it's gone up over the last 12 months. So on Wednesday, uh, they released their uh, CPI report for December, and it was better than expected uh, because the decline in inflation uh, showed a lot more than we had expected there. Uh, The headline inflation for the past 12 months was expected to be somewhere between 6.3 and 6.7. It came out to be 6.5 percent, and that's the lowest since uh, in January a year ago. Uh, the headline uh, CPI numbers, uh, just to give you an idea how it's been tracking down in July, <clears throat> in well, let's, let's, let's go to the end, December last month it came out as the prices had increased only 6.5%. But if you go back to July of this of 2022, prices had been increasing at 8.5%. Then in August, it was 83 September was 82 Then in October, it was 77 November was 7.1%. And now in January 2000, now in December, of 2022, it was 6.5%. So, uh, if you recall, the high point in that whole thing was in June of last year, inflation was up to 9.1%, and it was scaring the devil out of every, everybody. Uh, the core uh, CPI with food and fuel are neglected. Uh, that also went down. It went down... Uh, Well, it didn't go down It went down The prices increased only 5.7% In uh, December from the year earlier And in November they had increased to 6% So uh, looking below the service What you're seeing is that the service uh, The prices for service as opposed to goods uh the, the service prices are going up faster than the goods. In fact, uh, the prices for goods is going down, and the prices for uh, service is going up faster. So what you're seeing is that what you're gaining in one in, you're losing in the other. So uh, what we're seeing is that uh, uh, the index, uh, this is neglecting food and fuel, the energy, the uh, index for all items less food and fuel rose three tenths of a percent in December, following a two tenths of a percent mm-hmm. in November, and the shelter index continued to increase, rising uh, eight tenths of a percent over the month, and that that reflects what housing prices have been doing. Housing prices for the last uh, well ever since the uh, <laughs> Ever since the uh, 3% uh, 30-year mortgage came into existence, housing prices have been gone nuts. Uh, the rent, uh, oh, let's put it this, but the shelter index was the dominant factor in the monthly increase in the index for all items, less food and fuel, and uh, most of the other items were some increases and some decreases. Uh, the indices were uh, declined over the month of December where used cars, used trucks, they went down. Uh, they fell 2.5% in December. That was the sixth consecutive decline in that index. The, the index for airline ticket fares fell 3.1% over the month following a three-tenths of a percent decrease in November. New vehicles uh, also decreased one-tenth of a percent. And uh, the, the, basically the shelter index was the one that increased 7.5% over the last, uh, over the last year. And uh, if you take a look at the, the numbers uh, for all the items, both the food, fuel, and everything else, uh, all the items, the prices increased 6.5% in, over the, tw- the 12-month period ending in December, and they went down one-tenth of a percent in, uh, um, in December from November. And the food increased 10.4% over the year and increased three-tenths of a percent in uh, December itself. Uh, gasoline uh, supposedly went down 1.5% over the last year and went down something like uh, uh, 9.4% in the, uh, boy, I can't believe that, 9.4% in the month of December. So then you're seeing electricity, electricity uh, over the last 12 months, has gone up by 14.3%. Uh, natural gas has gone up by 19.3%. And in the one month period in December, uh, electricity went up 1%, and natural gas went up uh, 3%. And uh, in terms of uh, all items, less uh, food and fuel, in other words, takeaways, food and fuel. Everything else went up five point seven percent uh in the twelve month ending in December and went up three tenths of a percent just in December alone and one of the big components there was the uh shelter and it went up seven and a half percent over the last twelve months and that was it went up eight tenths of a percent in the the month of December alone so uh all those those numbers are, are you know fantastically high, and hopefully they're going down and they're going in the right direction. Now, if we take a look at one thing that I think is helping inflation is that the economy is slowing down. Last week we reported on manufactured goods, and we basically showed that hey, uh, the number of the orders are going down. The production is going down. The deliveries are going down. So uh, the the, the days of throwing in price increases because of increased demand and uh, things of this nature are coming to an end. So that's good for uh, getting inflation under control. And what you're seeing in the, the service industries, you're seeing the same thing. Now, the latest report from the uh, Institute of Supply Management with regard to the service sectors, uh, they basically show that uh, the service sector has stopped growing and has basically started to contract. And uh, after economic activity grew for the last two and a half years, 30 months in a row, uh, now the service Purchasing Managers Index uh, registered 49.6 in December versus 56.5 in November. So basically, uh, what they do in these Institute of supply management, uh, both both for the uh, for the goods as well as for the services, they talk to the they talk to the executives in those particular uh, industries, and they say, hey. How does this month compare to last month with regard to uh, the employment? With regard to uh, uh, your uh, orders, are the orders going up or down? How about the uh, production? How about the backlog? Is the backlog going up or down? How about deliveries? How about prices? They want comments from the, uh, the uh, managers in those particular fields, so they got you know something like over a 1,000 managers uh, plugging in data. And uh, what happens is that they grind these numbers and they, they see uh, they've got their algorithms and they a number that's uh, 50 is considered to be neutral. They're anything above 50 is considered to be expansion. Less than 50 is contraction. So basically in November, the index number Services was fifty six point five, and in December it went to forty nine point six. So they are in a in a case of uh, of uh, contraction. In what some of the some of the comments uh, from the people who are working in those particular fields, uh, like construction, uh, construction, the comment is residential new construction continues to be hindered by. Higher interest rates, slowing sales, slowing sales dramatically. And a shift to rental projects seem to be the trend for all builders. Uh, finance and insurance: the business conditions for year end 2022 are good, <clears throat> excuse me, but not great, and they're preparing for a possible recession in 2023. But some optimism with regard to the overall economy. Uh, uh, Real estate, rental and leasing, we are optimistic, though, concerned about continuing inflation pressures, lead times that remain well above typical and supply chain issues that just won't go away. Increasing interest rates are dampening the residential housing construction market it only adds to our concerns. Uh, wholesale trade. At, we are in the busiest season of the year in our business, and inflation is definitely putting a squeeze on our margins. So, uh, the uh, basically what you're seeing is that hey, uh, it, we've gone from a high from, from a number close to sixty. At the start of the January 2022, and in December, we're down to 49.6. So each month, it's, it's cascaded downward and downward and down. And basically, what you're seeing is that uh, business activity in services is growing slower. New orders is contracting from growing. Employment is contracting from growing. Uh, uh, backlog of orders, it's growing, but at a slower pace than before. New export orders contracting slower. So basically, the whole place is contracting slower, which is it, it's good in the sense that it allows uh, the demand to get in equilibrium with the supply. You don't have all this, so I can't get the product because there's just too much demand. Well, the demand... Has come down, and uh, they're in the ballpark now. Now there's another company, other than the institute. There's two companies. One's the Institute of Supply Management, and they have their <clears throat> uh, methodology for generating their results. But the uh, Standard and Poor Global uh, U.S. Services they also put out a interpretation of what's happening in the uh, services industry. These are different methodology, but they're still dependent upon the, uh, the input in terms of comments from managers in that particular field. And what that shows is that U.S. service providers uh, signal a sharp fall in business activity at the end of the year That's according to the latest uh, purchasing management index data, output levels decline further amid weak demand conditions and another monthly drop in new orders. And domestic and foreign client demands contracted as economic uncertainty and high interest rates led to reduced customer spending. So their chief economist, uh, he wrote a a three-paragraph summary of the whole thing. Here it goes. Uh, The chief economist said, quote, U.S. private sector firms uh, brought 2022 to a close, signaling marked obstacles to overcome with relationship to the health of the economy. Uh, Contradictions in output, contractions, I'm sorry, contractions in output and new business were broad based and gathered pace in December as customer unease led to dwindling demand and order postponements. Despite weak demand conditions, firms continued to hire staff. Nevertheless, the pace of job creation was only slight, as some firms turned their focus to filling temporary workers and long-held skilled worker vacancies, amid others reported instances of employees being laid off. A notable development through the month was a stark easing in inflationary pressures across the private sector. Also, uh, muted demands for input led to the least marked uptick in costs in over two years, while companies also saw a slower increase in selling prices (laughs) in a bid to entice customers and boost sales. The past uh, pass through of cost savings in the form of customer discounts will likely signal further adjustments to inflation as we enter 2023. Which, as far as people, us, i.e., and every other person, if we're looking at inflation, that's all good news uh, for inflation. It's just bad news for the service industries, that's all. So, this is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. Uh, Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. You know the the uh, we we did take a look at the uh, consumer sentiment report from the University of Michigan, and they show improvement there. People are getting anxious about getting feeling good about the, uh, the uh, inflation going down. And In the index of consumer sentiment for January that was at sixty four point six versus. in December. So, according to their director, Joanne Goose, uh, consumer sentiment remained low from a historic perspective, but continued lifting for the second conservative month, rising 8% above December and reaching about 4% below a year ago. Current assessments of personal finance surged 16% to its highest. Readings in eight months on the basis of higher incomes and easing inflation. Although the short-run economic outlook fell modestly from December, the long-range outlook rose seven percent to its highest level in nine months and is now seventeen percent below its historic average. So they really fell into the dumpers, uh, you know, six months ago. But they've been coming up. Ever since, and uh, year that's not in there. (laughs) Year year year-ahead inflation expectations receded for the fourth straight month, falling to four percent in January from four point four percent in December. The current reading is the lowest since April of two thousand and twenty-one, but remains well above the. 2.3% 23 to 3% range seen in the two years prior to the pandemic. Long-run inflation expectations were little changed from December at 3%, again, staying within that 29 to 3.1% range for 17 in the last 18 months. So basically what you're seeing is long-range inflation expectations. Uh, Remain elevated uh, for the two-year period, but uncertainty over both inflation expectation uh, measures remain high, and changes in global factors in the month ahead may generate reversals in recent improvements. But absent that, people are feeling a lot better about inflation going going down, and uh, they're beginning to act accordingly. So. This is Jim McAleese you're listening to Get Rich Slow. Uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. <clears throat> you know, we've been isolated by the COVID and... Uh, now we need to reach out, and everybody's moving. We're getting to become normal again. And uh, here's a story uh, that I really like. It originally came from Paul Harvey. And uh, it's a story about uh, misreading other people and, you know, uh, uh, really not knowing what's driving. You know, it's one of those, and you, know, you don't know how a person is feeling until you walk them mile in their shoes. So he said, here's a story. As she stood in front of her fifth grade class on the very first day of school, Mrs. Thompson uh, looked forward to a new school year, except there in the front row, slumped in his seat, was a little boy named Teddy Stoddard. Mrs. Thompson had watched Teddy the year before and noticed that he did not play well with the other children. His clothes were messy, and he constantly needed a bath. In addition, uh, Teddy could be unpleasant. We got to a point where Mrs. Thompson would actually take delight in marking his papers with a big, <laughs> broad red pen, uh, making bold X's and then putting a big F at the top of the papers. At the school where Mrs. Thompson taught, she was required to review each, each child's past record. However, when she reviewed Teddy's file, She was in for a surprise. Teddy's first-grade teacher wrote, Teddy is a bright child with a ready laugh. He does his work neatly and has good manners. He is a joy to be around. His second-grade teacher wrote, Teddy is an excellent student, well-liked by his classmates, but he is troubled because his mother has a terminal illness. His third-grade teacher wrote, His mother's death has been hard on him. He tried to do his best, but his father "...doesn't show much interest." Teddy's fourth-grade teacher wrote, "...Teddy is withdrawn and doesn't show much interest in school. He doesn't have many friends, and he sometimes sleeps in class." By now, Mrs. Thompson realized the problem, and basically she was ashamed of herself. On that very day, he quit teaching reading, writing, and arithmetic, and she began to teach children. Mrs. Thompson paid particular attention to t- Teddy, as she worked with him, his mind seemed to come alive. The more she encouraged him, the faster he responded. And by the end of the class, end of the year, Teddy had become one of the smartest kids in the class. A year later, she found a note under her door for Teddy that she was the best teacher he had ever had in his whole life. Six years later, Teddy wrote that he finished high school, third in his class, and he was still she was still the best teacher he ever had. And then four years later, Teddy wrote saying that he would soon graduate from college with honors. He wrote that she was still the best teacher he had ever had in his whole life. And four years later, another letter came. Teddy wrote, thank you, Mrs. Thompson, for believing in me. Thank you so much for making me feel important and showing me that I could make a difference. The letter was signed, Theodore F. Stoddard, M.D. So... This is Mrs. Thompson wrote back, Teddy, you have it all wrong. You were the one who taught me that I can make a difference. I didn't know how to teach until I met you. So don't assume you know everything. You have no idea what somebody's life is all about. Miracles often manifest as simple acts of kindness and compassion. When we help others, we are rewarded. And so we meet again next week The more of Get Rich, Slow. May God protect you and keep you safe.
1: been listening to Get Rich Slow with Jim McAleese of Cornerstone Consultants, Inc., located at 47149 Bursley Road, Wellington, Ohio, 44090, where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group, Inc., a member of FINRA and CIPIC. Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc., The materials Jim shares is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are those of James McAleese and Cornerstones Consultants, Inc., and not those of Next Financial Group, Inc. Next Financial Group does not provide tax advice. The S&P 500 is a market cap weighted index composed of the common stocks of 500 leading companies and leading industries of the U.S. economy. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is a price weighted index of 30 actively traded blue chip stocks. To make an appointment with Jim regarding your own finances, call 440-647-2793. That number again, 440-647-2793. Jim will be back with Get Rich Slow next Saturday morning on 1420 WHK with more common sense finance strategies for financial winners.
0: The preceding program's views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM 1420 The Answer or Salem Media Group.